Bienvenidex a Merendeando. Today we have another live episode that we recorded at the Caminos Festival this past October. Today's special live guest is Anna Simone George. She's a comedian and producer from Toronto. She's known for creating and producing one of Toronto's fastest growing comedy shows called Shade. It's a show that celebrates women, the queer community, and performers of color. So we had the opportunity to talk to Anna Simone about her comedy, her life, her tattoo. Ooh. So just stay tuned because there's an amazing story about that. <laughs> and we're going to give a shout out to McCausland Beer for sponsoring this live conversation with their delicious, delicious beer. So grab a snack and let's dive in. This is our first live podcast episode of Merendando. Oh man, it's so exciting. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Merendando is the Spanish word for snack. So that's what we're doing. We're it's snacking. una meriendita, that's how we call it. When you come together with people of your family or your friends and you just have like a little snack, coffee, alcohol, mm -hmm. or something, and then you just chat away. That's so cute. It's yeah. very cute. Thanks for having me. Yes, yeah, speaking of you, oh. <laughs> this is our special, special guest, Anna Simone George. Hi. Woo. Not a snack, alcohol. Yes, oh a whole goodness. meal, not a snack, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay, tell us a little bit about yourself. About me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Know like a bit I know you love Alan Garden <laughs> and, and, and going to watch the turtles, but for people that don't know that about you. Well, hi everyone. I'm Anna Simone George. I spend most of my mornings uh, at Alan Gardens because <laughs> I'm unemployed. Uh, <laughs> and it's free. No, I, I'm self-employed. I'm a comedian. I produce my own uh, comedy shows and yeah. I partake in other things, uh, other mm -hmm. shows, I meant to say other things. I'm a, listen, <laughs> if you have a gig, I'm up for it. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, and yeah, and I do spend a lot of time at Allen Gardens. Uh, what else would you like to know? I want to know more about Shade, because you started Shade, uh, what I know is because you felt there was not a lot of space for women of color in particular in comedy. Yeah. So how did it start? It? How was like, you were like, um, enough. <laughs> So I was it's at a show, time. and as you probably know, a lot of comedy venues are uh, wherever. So basements, bars, people's your houses. garage, people's houses. Now, yeah, did a show in somebody's living room. It was interesting. Uh, it was actually a lot of fun. A shower. Yeah, yes, yeah. a shower. Would be more than happy to, if, www.nsmone.com to book me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was at this show that was located in a game cafe, like where people like play video games. But not in the cafe directly, but upstairs where they had a bunch of computers lined around the wall. It oh. was super sketchy. It doesn't exist anymore. It's like a sports bar now. But <laughs> this guy ran it, and I was the only woman on the lineup. And I was the one of two people of color in general um, out of a lineup of like maybe like eight to ten comedians. Mm. And maybe from the beginning till the end of the show, everyone was just like... Mm. They were like, what is the most like obscenely racist? Not even, there's no punchline. They're just like, this is my opinion on this race. And you're like, okay. And you could Whoa. tell that the audience was uncomfortable, but they were like, I think I have to laugh. So they were like, ha, 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 okay. <laughs> and then by the time I went up, I was like, I don't know what to talk about. Like, should I also say racist things? This is so uncomfortable. Um, didn't know the theme of the show. I left the show being like, I can't do this anymore. And also the problem with, I think, not the problem with being <laughs> a woman. Uh, <laughs> the problem with the comedy scene is they expect you to like grind and like go to open mics and like kiss up to producers. And I was like, first of all, I don't have time for that. And also, I'm not gonna kiss up to you for like a drink ticket. So, mm -hmm. yeah, like, 
totally. a little too sassy for this. So I just started <laughs> my own show and then it worked and I was like, oh, I think I guess I'm doing this now. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. And now Shade is a super successful, I would say, Thank a you. comedy show featuring so all much. POC people and a lot of femmes and a lot of women. So it's Thank super, you. super great. Thank you so much. And I also just wanted to say, I think Shade is also known in the community as a, like a safe and a trustworthy space for mm -hmm. POC people. So people of color and queer people, which is really, really special. So Thank I'm just you. wondering, how do you hold that? How do you do that? How, <laughs> how have you done that? Oh, my God. That's a great question. Well, before we sat together, we were discussing that I've been on edibles all week. So that's how I do it. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> Drugs. Got it. Edibles, oh, thank goodness. Um, it's, it's a lot of work. I think at first, when I first did the show, I was like, oh, sick, like maybe five of my friends will show up and I'll never have to do this again. <laughs> and then a hundred people showed up and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so then the set, which I'm so grateful for. I'm not like, oh, man, <laughs> right, right. I get to do what I love. Ugh, <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> um, but then when the second one also sold out, I was like, oh, shit, like this is the real deal. Also, can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah go for perfect. It. Okay, that's all I've been doing anyways. Um, <laughs> and then the fourth one and the fifth, like they all just continue to sell out. And by and I like to gaslight myself. So like for the first like <laughs> five months, I was like, it's just luck. These people are just bored on these specific nights and they just happen <laughs> to show up for this show. And I just didn't believe that it was this thing that I had created. So now my momentum is the audience. So the fact that Pete, like you, for example, are like, it's known for it being like a safe space and stuff. That's what keeps me going. Because also, three years into producing this show, a lot of shows are still the same. Like, it's still the mm -hmm. same lineup of like all dudes or the same lineup of all straight people or just like this same idea that like we don't deserve space. And then when we did create our own spaces, because more shows like this exist mm -hmm. or have existed, but then they say like oh well like how come we can't be on this show or whatever and it's like do you want us or do you not want us like I don't understand so that's kind of what keeps me going and also I don't have another uh plan so <laughs> I just hope that this works okay because <laughs> because tell us about when you quit your job to just do oh this. okay yeah. well almost a year ago I've been doing this uh a year full-time and what led me to quit my job was that I was working at a call center. So if anyone's ever worked at a call center, you want to die. Yeah, you want to die. <laughs> so there was one day where I, and I have a temper, and not a lot of people know that, but I don't like to engage in confrontation. So one day I got up and I texted my manager because I lived across the street from my job. And I said, I'm going home. Otherwise, people's feelings are going to get hurt. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it was just over something like so minute, like somebody probably called me and I was like, no. And that was it. <laughs> so I left and I came in the next day and I was like, I hate this so much. And also because a few weeks before that, I had seen uh, Beyonce live. Mm. It was actually Beyonce and Jay-Z, but he doesn't matter. So it was Beyonce. <laughs> um, and then I saw a sh movie called Sorry to Bother You, which was about mm. working a call center. Right. And then in the end, the movie gets weird and they start fucking horses or something. But in the beginning <laughs> of that, it was about a call center. And I was like, I relate to this so much. When we got to the end, I was like, I'm not sure what this is about. Right. But that's, so that led me. And then uh, I was published in Fashion Magazine. And like, when you're on set for something where they're like doing your hair and makeup, you're like, I don't need a job. I don't right. need, and they didn't pay me for that. But I was like, I'm so happy to be here, <laughs> you know? And then I came into work and I was like, I don't need this. Like I have, if I focus, the energy that I spend at work into what I already do pretty good, it could probably be great. Mm -hmm. um, and then I quit. 
and then my mom moved in with me. It kind of all happened at the same time. Like, had she not lived with me, I probably wouldn't have quit my job. So it's a blessing in disguise. But I did have Thanks to share happens. 300 square feet of open space with my mom. I'm 25. You can see how that is alarming. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it a year has gone now. I'm not dead. So... Yeah, still doing it. Yeah. Still doing it. Yeah. So yeah, now you're doing comedy full time. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. also, besides Chase, you have other shows. So yes. you produce how many shows at this point? So a month, I produce two shows a month. And then sometimes I do this thing where if I'm feeling, you know, bored, I'm like, oh, what? let's do a pop-up show. And then people are like, can you just take a break? And I'm like, <laughs> I need money. <laughs> what so. is a wine show you do? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. So this is the cool thing about comedy is that it takes you into so many different careers and I'm not I don't say no to anything well I say no well that's not true I say no but if something sounds cool like I say yes uh but now I host a queer wine tour so basically me and a busload full of gays just head to Niagara and I host a tour and people are like so what exactly do you do and on the way so for three hours I'm just talking to a microphone that doesn't work and nobody knows (laughs) About nothing in particular. We were on the highway, and I don't know any facts about anything. So I just started to point at things out the window, and I was like, that's an Ikea. (laughs) Uh, And everyone was like, woo, Ikea. And I was like, yeah, home of lesbians. Like, it was great. Like, it was the best trip ever. Um, So So that's what I do on occasion when I'm not producing. Thank you. You should come. Yeah, no, I for sure want to come. So, like, that's so interesting because it's just, it's really hard to figure out what people want to go see nowadays, I think. Like, if you're producing an event, like, how do you know that people are going to come? It's so awesome that you've had so much success. But do you, like, have any insights on what people want to see? Like, have you learned anything about that or is it just, like, random? It is. So, Shade, I'd always, one of my main goals was to kind of have all the different art forms like come together like because we have burlesque communities we have dance communities we have sketch we have acting we have everything in the city but none of us talk to each other yeah and it's so strange even actors who solely do like acting and not sketch don't know people in the sketch world and it's like this is so strange to me the art forms seem so similar in so many ways exactly yeah yes fully so i was like so i started introducing burlesque into shade and I started introducing um, drag into shade and kind of bringing in these different performances. And, but I still don't know till this day like what people want. Yeah. Uh, I know that they just want to have a good time without feeling attacked. So I just tell mm. people like, don't be racist. Right. And please do a good job. That's right. And in same spaces because I know Super Gay Saturday now because used to be Friday, right? Yes. So it's a glad day. So yeah. I like like that it's a space that queer people already feel safe, and you just bring the entertainment yeah. to them. Mm. Exactly, because they're gonna be there anyways. The thing is, is that a lot of people are like, "Oh, you've locked in like a market, like you locked in a niche," as if yeah. like brown people and queer people like didn't exist before, and women were just like invisible. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think I locked in a market like I just knew that we wanted to see something so yeah I put it together I don't know that that like phrase bothers me so much so mm. I have no idea what everyone wants I just know that we all want to have a good time mm. yeah. wise words mm. thank you oh ah, it sounded wise to me <laughs> I I'm gonna put you on the spot but I love this story okay can you tell me how your dad found out you were queer <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's God's dad is here <laughs> So I'm not I'm not out to my parents, but I was interviewed by Vice one day um, and they took a video of like what I was saying at Shade. And one of the parts was like I come out on stage 
the interview goes like this. It's like me and the interviewer sitting at a table, and she's like, what do you think about diversity? And I'm like, this is what I think about diversity. And then they cut to immediately me coming out on stage going, I'm gay, with like jazz hands, like very loud. <laughs> and I was like so proud of this interview because I was like, Vice interviewed me, like no one can touch me. I'm so cool, like whatever. Yeah. And then I put it on the front of my website, bad idea. Um, because <laughs> ethnic parents like Google things just because. Like the minute I started doing comedy, my, my mom was like Googling me, and I was like, I am nobody yet. Like, this was pre-shade. Like, I was just, like, maybe going to a show once a month, and my mm. mom was already looking me up, and she found my, like, Tumblr from... Anyways, yes. point being, my parents Googled me, and my dad looked up my website, and he called me, and he was like, eh, I found uh, your website. And I was like, oh, sick. He was like, and uh, you say you're uh, gay? And I was like... <laughs> so funny um <laughs> and the thing is is that you can't admit this kind of stuff to you you can't admit any like even if i was murdering somebody i couldn't admit to murdering them even if they witnessed the murder i would just have to be like crazy <laughs> that you see me here with a knife in my hand stabbing this person it's not me because they already know the answer oh. but if you admit to it it makes yeah. it worse like it's like they've caught you in a trap and you're like but i know and you know that i like i makes no sense it's complicated so you just gotta deny 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 yeah. and i Till this day, still deny. And I'm pretty sure he knows because he'll call me like out of the blue and be like, I had a dream (laughs) (laughs) that you were married. And I'm like, what? And he's like, to a man. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and you had two kids. (laughs) I'm like, okay, mama. We get it. Goodbye. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was basically the conversation. Yeah. No. So I feel like they know. Also, I'm bisexual. So it's kind of like, why Mm. open the can of worms that they're definitely not going to understand? They're going to be like, oh, but you (laughs) can date men? And it's like, yeah. And they're like, so why don't you? And I'm like, have you seen them? Um. (laughs) (laughs) So besides comedy, you also host Lavender. Yes. Which is amazing. Yes, it is a uh, lesbian, bisexual, trans, basically a space that's like women and non-binary forward. Um, because a lot of the spaces on Church Street are, like, just for gay men, gay men which totally. is fine, you know, but it's not fine when you want to go party and they're like, mm, you're not allowed in. And you're like, mm-hmm. but why? And then they don't answer, but you know it's because you're a woman. Yeah, yeah. that's Church Street. Um, that's, so, yeah, yeah sure. that space exists, and I host it. I just kind of uh, walk around and mingle with people. I feel like Paris Hilton, you know? Like, I walk around, yeah. I mingle with people, and then when I get too anxious, I go near the DJ booth and I start to shout out people's names. <laughs> and also your outfits every time you host or like anything <laughs> is like Anna Simone outfits are like when when did you have like three different change yes it was a shade yes and I tried to do this for every shade but I realized I got so tired like right. I did it for shade the two-year anniversary because I was like this is huge I need outfit changes it needs to be amazing and then after that I realized the audience was expecting that I do outfit changes at every show and I was like okay great I can for sure do this and then after a while I was like I don't have a budget I don't have a budget for this many clothes so and maybe that's what people want they want they do they want outfit changes it, it's true ever Noted. since Gaga did it yeah whoever yeah, else yeah. did it but hers was like true ever since Beyond yeah true, but Gaga true. did that thing on stage where she like changed in like a minute to like oh. 30 different outfits oh, one day stage one day I'll do that <laughs> nice shade five anniversary yeah fifth anniversary <laughs> shade 25th anniversary nice Cool. So this weekend, there was a really cool collaboration between the theater center and the comedy mm-hmm. world, yes. which I'm super interested in. It was called Comedy is Art. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. I mean, 
As yes. somebody who's not, as the only comedian, not non-comedian <laughs> at this table, <laughs> it was an interesting thing for me to hear because I definitely think of comedy as something, as as a entertainment form and I've never put it in the art category maybe because I haven't thought about it that much and it's not because I don't respect it it's just that it's just it's just I don't know something that seems so like um accessible to people mm -hmm. and I think art is a little bit like heady and right. comedy feels a little bit more like guttural mm -hmm. so I'm just wondering you were both a part of it actually comedy is art so what was the experience doing that I mean like com performing comedy in a theater space I've perf I've done shade in a few different theater spaces, and mm -hmm. my goal eventually is to like just have shade out of a really sick venue. And it does change things; it elevates things. It makes it so cool to perform in a space like that. But I'm also extra grateful for the theater center for doing that because the reason why we're trying to say comedy is art, like I've always said, it's art. But that's also because I'm so extra. So like You're all allowed. my performances are extra. It's not like I'm throwing on jeans going on stage and like yeah. telling you my one-liners about a one-night stand or whatever like yeah. it's it's for me it's a whole like masterpiece when I do stand up but uh Liza at the theater center put together this uh week of shows and she curated it in a way where it wasn't just like any stand-up show could submit it was like certain they're all diverse they're all wonderful and it's because the government doesn't uh view comedy as art and that's fine but like they won't give us grants. So mm -hmm. everything that we do is like out of our own pockets, mm. um, which is why you'll see a lot of comedy shows are sponsored by like the most like random, like Billy Bob's hot dog shack. It's like, just please <laughs> give us <laughs> money. Like we don't care. We just really need it. Yeah. yeah. And they also started a grant or like a residency. Yes. I think. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, now yeah. comedians can have a residency at the theater center, yeah. which is like. They do a thing for artists that are trying to like cool. expand mm -hmm. some like idea and you submit, and it usually it's just for, I think, theater performers, but yep. they've extended it to stand-up, so I'm excited to see what yeah. that is. Yeah. Apparently it's happening in November, I'm not sure, but. Cool. But check it out. But check it out. Don't apply though, because I want the spot. Oh, <laughs> got it. Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not applying. You got this. Oh no, I'm not, I'm, I'm joking. I'm gonna apply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, On the so different name, so I'll get it for sure. <laughs> what do you think would be the like advantage of being able to do a residency in comedy at a place like that? Because I, never separated it because I started with the mostly theater mm. and I was always like doing comedy in theater so when I started doing more comedy I was just like oh it's just the same it's because also when for me I think maybe for you it's like when we do stand-up I'm not like uh this is a joke yeah he's like I'm gonna tell you a story and the story is gonna be funny but I'm not thinking like and bam like <laughs> and it's so funny I'm like well if I was funny yeah. but it's most of like being a storyteller so it's mm. that's why it was never that different. Yeah. I think I only noticed a difference when other comedians were like, oh, she's a storyteller. And you'd be like, what the, f like, what is that? I'm a comedian, oh, but you're a storyteller. So there's also a divide mm -hmm. within the mm. community because some comedians are like, we're not fucking artists, we're comics. I'm like, okay, relax. Like, if you want to wear a mustard stained t-shirt and live in a basement for the rest of your life, so be it. Yeah, for sure. But like, some it. of us <laughs> are out here trying to like, do it. Like the yeah. last show I did with you, I like dressed up for the show, <laughs> and, and people are like, "What?" And I'm like, "This is my job." <laughs> yes. Like I'm gonna dress up for my job. Yeah. Who's your favorite comedian, Camila? As a non-comedian, I mean, uh, is it, it is. Anna Simone? Is it, it is. Monica? It's the two people sitting here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know enough about comedy to be honest. And you know, that's the weird thing about me. I don't. I don't even watch TV that much. So I, what? I do relate what do you comedy. Do? 
I like meditate and stuff. Oh, <laughs> like all the time. I wish. When I'm when I'm at my best, I meditate. When I don't, I love YouTube. So I do watch okay. the YouTube. So that's okay. like another. It's another video medium. I'm not perfect, but um, <laughs> I feel really I don't attacked right now. Yeah, I feel really like <laughs> No, I don't. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't know the comedy world that well. But I do know that a big thing that like a lot of people might know is that Nanette uh, oh, Netflix yeah. special that I bet a lot of people mm. have watched. Some people have watched. I yeah. was kind of. I watched it and I was like, okay, okay. Like it made a lot of people be like, Emotional. "This is life changing." And yeah. I was like, and "I'm like, I've seen people done that yeah. a bunch of times in the city." And I don't yeah. know if it's because like we're so. I find it very difficult to watch comedy shows because before I'd watch it and be like, "Oh, this is comedy, so funny, haha." Now I watch it with a critical eye, yeah. like, "Right, okay, but like, why did you do that?" Or like, "Ooh, that's a choice." Like, it's not I, fun yeah. anymore. I watch comedy with the ESL mind, and I get the joke two minutes after. <laughs> I'm always like, ha, 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 ha. and people are like, "What's happening?" I'm like, "I translated it, and it was pretty funny in my language too." Yes, yes, I got it. <laughs> I also find yeah. that a lot of like North American comedy is very centered around like pop culture and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's something like I did. I don't know if that's because like my parents are from another country. So like pop culture references came to me like very late. Right. Like yeah. everyone was talking about it like as a teenager. And I was like, I'm not allowed to watch Family Guy. Like that's not yeah. allowed in this Christian household. So yes. I don't know. That's what mm. our jokes are mostly about. Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Are they? They're mostly no. That's my op almost opening lineup. I always say it's like I'm here to talk to you about Jesus, and yeah. people are like, ha, 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 and I'm like, no joke. <laughs> <laughs> I for sure gonna talk about Jesus for the next ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's yeah. the opposite. Mine is the opposite of Jesus. It's Satan. Right. There's anyone Satan. here interested okay. in listening to Jesus? Go to Monica. If yeah. you're a heathen, <laughs> you have <laughs> your, your choice there. I did watch a couple of videos of your stuff. Where and, uh, you're the second person to say this, and I'm like, I took all my clips down. Woof, the internet you know, is a scary place. Your dad did a website for you. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter. But I did, I mean, I saw a clip about you talking about your parents and about your family. So is that something that brings you laughter? Like, why, it, what is, yeah, why do you choose that subject? my parents are just so, like, I love them so much, and they're such a source of my entertainment, because growing up, and I can't speak for all, like, children of immigrants, but, like, just the language barrier, too, because, like, I grew up learning English, but also learning Arabic just by listening, mm -hmm. and then listening to my parents' version of English, and then, like, going to school and just combining it all. And also, my both my parents speak two different dialects of Arabic, so Sudanese oh. and Egyptian, but growing up, I don't know the difference. Yeah. So I spoke both, and yeah. then I would go to church, and the Sudanese people and the Egyptians would be like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. I can understand you. Why can't you understand me? And they're like, can you pick a language? And I'm like, no, I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of a lot of my comedy is based around them because uh, it's shaped how I move through the world and how I. There's just a lot of things where you're like, why are you like this? And I'm like, I had a very confusing childhood. Right. <laughs> I was speaking totally. seven languages. Totally, and that yeah. gives you a lot of material for yes. jokes, I guess. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Seven mm -hmm. languages? No, I only speak. Okay, I was like, oh <laughs> no, no. my God. After, listen, after grade nine French, I was like, I don't need this. I wish I finished that. Right, right. I don't understand anything. Well, in this festival, we talk a lot about, I mean, Monica and I have been interviewing artists from the festival too for this podcast. And we've been finding that a lot of the pieces, they investigate 
multiculturalism, multilingualism yeah. in their pieces. Like there's many languages kind of layered in together uh, and, and it's just accepted in the piece because like when you put on a show, whether it's mm -hmm. a comedy show or a theater show, you get to like craft this world for however many minutes. And if you craft a world where there's like many languages spoken and no one's asking questions, like that's it. So that's yeah. a lot yeah. of what's going on. I've done here. shows where in the middle of a show I'll be like, I don't know what this word in English. Who speaks Spanish? You, what does this mean? <laughs> And people are rubbing, I'm like, that's they the help. joke. <laughs> over there. That's the joke. Yeah, over there people for the are joke. like, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Like That's amazing. Yeah, because yeah. comedies, I don't know. I feel this is like it's the best way to tell stories. I would yes. say it's a storytelling thing. Yeah. And it's so like, let's be all be together in the in the little room and people laugh faster because I think they're like predisposed to being like, I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> right. So you're no, like, they're they go in there ready. They're yeah. like warming up. Yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. Totally. But um, I heard this really cool quote that I think would apply to this, which is like, if you learn something by studying it, you need like 3,000 hours or 3,000 repetitions of reading that same thing. But if you learn something by play, you only need it to do it like 300 times before you actually learn it. And I feel like comedy, you, you're learning stuff by laughing yes. and by playing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you get to like teach, you get to like teach people and maybe enlighten people about your reality because like your lived reality. Um, and that's just really powerful. It's super cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting too because even as a performer, like performing in comedy, nothing is, and I think people give uh, some comedians a really hard time, because you'll see a comedian one night and it's the only job where you're like, figuring stuff as you go. You can oh, yeah. write yeah. it, but it's different with every audience. Like wherever you are, the venue also is like, you might it have your material everything. and the venue you have, you're like, oh my god, I thought about, or while you wait two hours to go. You can think about <laughs> other 3,000 jokes you can do. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes awesome. you fail, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's I also, it. you're, it's not like when you're acting, you're like, this is who I am today, this is the character that I am. Yeah, yeah. You're going in as yourself. So if you're feeling shitty that day or you're feeling exceptionally great, it changes everything. Yeah. So just yeah. keep a balance of constant shittiness, and you'll be great <laughs> at being a comedian. Amazing. Okay, we're in the last five minutes of this Ooh. live podcast recording, and part of this is we can take a question from the audience. So yeah, I see your little hand. Where? <laughs> Love it. Do you want to come up to the mic and ask it? <laughs> Anna Simone. Yes. <laughs> My darling. Hello, yes, hi. Hi. <laughs> wow, um, this is really interesting. Yeah, no, I, I just want to be embracive. To, uh, I, I want to embrace this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love to know... Um, in what ways has your background informed your comedy? In what ways has it impeded you? Like my like my cultural background, or mm. like my growing like growing up with my parents? <laughs> um, both, baby. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> in what ways has it? Thank you. Cool. So I think <laughs> this is a very fun question. The cool thing about it. It's also I grew up like I grew up like lower middle class, so like not everything was handed to me. But I also grew up as an only child for seven years when my brother was born. But I was the first girl born in the family, so you learn a lot about this. Mm. Well, first there was another one, but she's old now, so I mattered more. Um, <laughs> I just want to be accurate in case she hears this. She's like, "Excuse me, what the fuck?" Uh, <laughs> but I learned a lot growing up in terms of. I also grew up in the Coptic Orthodox community, so very. Jesus focused, I was in youth group most of my Friday nights, but then during the day I'd go to high school and like pretend like I was just like a cool kid or whatever. Anyways, point is, I feel like I've always lived 
multiple lives. And like growing up as a as a girl in this kind of environment, you're not allowed to do things. You're not allowed to speak your mind. But I was always a spicy kid. That's always mm -hmm. been me. Um, so I think it's helped me a lot with, I talk about this a lot. I talk about how, and this is a very common subject in comedy is like, oh, PC culture is ruining this. Or like you cancel someone yeah. and they're shut out and they can't learn and grow and da 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 cancel culture this, cancel culture that. And all I can say to that is that it doesn't exist because if cancel culture like really existed and all that, okay, for example, I grew up as a girl in this environment, told I couldn't become a comedian, and then when I joined the comedy world, even comedians are like, get out of these spaces, like we don't want you. But I still found a way to do what I need to do without stepping on everyone. So I think growing up lower middle class and as a woman of color and as a queer person, I learned a lot about adversity, and that's helped me a lot in my career because I won't take no for an answer, or I know that if it's this thing isn't happening or if I get rejected, I got rejected for a reason and that's fine. Like everything happens for a reason. But you move past that and you grow from it and that's a lot about what adversity has taught me. Has my background and my upbringing um, brought me down in some ways? I don't know, I don't think so. I think we all have our, our faults and our downfalls and stuff, but at the end of the day, they're all lessons. Like, I think my only regret in my life is my tortilla chip tattoo, but even then... I totally then <laughs> wanted to bring that up. I, I was going to save it to the end, but you did it. I did it. Champion. I always bring it up. Is <laughs> it, it looks like, like this? that. Just like this? Okay. But it has a sombrero, which makes it worse. Oh, my God. Yes, I know. Oh. I know. Like, like, how did that happen? Oh, my God. This you is the <laughs> last story. This is how we're going to close our podcast. So there's this YouTube video of this illustration of two tortilla chips, and the lady narrating it is wasted. Oh. And her husband is the one that drew this cartoon because she was like, I have to tell you a joke. And he was like, okay. And he recorded the whole thing. And it is so <laughs> not funny, but it is so funny to me. And basically, it's just a series of puns. And these two tortilla chips are like friends, and they're talking to each other. And then one of them is like mad at the other one. And then it's like, I am not your friend. And then stabs the tortilla chip. And then it starts bleeding cheese. Sounds like internet it comedy <laughs> at its finest. That's it, what it, it sounds like. But it's always brought me out of my lowest of lows. And then I was like, Aww. I'm going to get this tattooed on my ankle. The sombrero was a creative choice. I did not. <laughs> and I Good think choice. about it now. Thank you. Yeah. I think about yeah. it now. And I'm like, why did I do that? And it's so big. And it's on my ankle. And part of me is like, get it covered up. This is going to come eat you in the bum. <laughs> TMZ is going to be like, creator of shade has a racist tattoo. And I'm going to be like, I don't know uh, how to explain yeah. this tattoo. You're a so human being. Well, now, uh, b uh, after this podcast, you can find Ana Simona. <laughs> you can take pictures with her. <laughs> I shaved my legs, so you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have cancel culture in this very room, so you're fine. You're, you're welcome. So we're gonna, if anyone wants to cover it up, please. Please <laughs> <laughs> two artists in the room. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for thank being you. on this yeah. podcast so and chatting me. with us. Yay. Radio Luna Teatro is produced by Aluna Theater with support from the Metcalf Foundation, the Laid Law Foundation, the City of Toronto, the Canada's Council for the Arts, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Toronto Arts Council. Aluna Theatre is Beatriz Pisano and Trevor Schwellness, with Sue Ballant and Gia Namens. Radio Aluna Theatre is produced by Camila Diaz Varela and Monica Garrido. For more about Aluna Theatre, visit us at alunatheatre.ca. Follow at Aluna Theatre on Twitter or Instagram, or like us on Facebook. 
follow and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts.